church, certainly in the Cedar Rapids area. And during the Easter season, we've been reading from the Acts of the Apostles and have been learning, again, how the Holy Spirit moves within the faithful and even those who do not believe. So this Catholic evangelization outreach is a result of how the Holy Spirit has moved within you and moved within the organizers to bring this great event to what it is today. And so I'm very pleased that everybody is here and I'm very supportive of the Catholic evangelization outreach because of the fact that it comes from you and indeed from the Holy Spirit. And so together as a church, we will move together and help to call more to Christ, more to the church within the Cedar Rapids metro area and beyond. Well, thank you very much for your presence here today. And I look forward to hearing our speaker and the reflections that, that she will be giving. Well, thank you, Joe, for this opportunity and to you as well to address you this evening. He didn't need to stand on the podium like I do. <laughs> He's tall enough to see him. Our call to evangelize is the same as the one Jesus gave to his disciples. Our recent popes and our archdiocese have called for the faithful to evangelization. We are witnesses to the faith we have in Jesus. We do not do that through word and for, through example. Catholic Evangelization Outreach is an invitation to others to come and see. Come and hear what God has done in my life. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what Catholic Evangelization Outreach is, it is a Christ-centered, lay-driven, grassroots evangelization ministry. We gather each month to hear a layperson's witness of how Jesus Christ has impacted their lives. Christ tells all of us to go and tell others about him. That is our job. We encourage you to be active in this ministry by praying for evangelization and invite family and friends and co-workers to these outreach events. Also, share with others your personal story of how you have experienced the love of Jesus Christ in your life. On your table are little white cards. They look like this. There's two sides. Don't forget to fill out both sides. We'd appreciate it if you would fill those out. We ask um, also that you let us know on that and leave it on your table. Once you fill that out, that you would just please leave it on your table. For more information on CEO, check out our blog site or visit any of the parish contact people listed on the back of your brochure. That's right back here on the back of this brochure. We invite you to join your parish CEO team. We need and we want your help. Without the leadership and support of each parish, this ministry would not flourish. So at this time, we would like to recognize the priests, sisters, and deacons present. Would you please stand? One priest and one nun, that's enough. <laughs> We want to thank you, the two of you, and all of your compatriots, to recognize you that you, we thank you and we, that you dedicate your entire service and your lives to God and to this church. Our next outreach will be a retreat titled, Are You in Love with Jesus? And I think, are there flyers out? Yep. They're going out tomorrow. Okay. Father Jim Starbuck will be the presenter for this retreat. The focus will be on evangelization, Christ's call to each of us to share our witness of him to others. Lunch will be provided for free, and if you plan to attend, we do ask that you would register as soon as possible. It will be held here at All Saints on Saturday, June the 9th. Mark your calendars. 
In order to maintain an atmosphere of listening and sharing, we ask that you please turn off your cell phones or put them on silent mode. It's just like in church. Let's take a moment to quiet ourselves as we invite the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into our midst. Loving God, you called us each by name and gave your only Son to redeem us. In your faithfulness, you sent the Holy Spirit to complete the mission of Jesus. Open our hearts to Jesus. Give us the courage to speak his name to those who are close to us and the generosity to share his love with those who are far away. We pray that every person throughout the world be invited to know and love Jesus as their Savior and Redeemer. May they come to know his all-suppressing love. May that love transform every element of our society. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Since this is May, and it is the month of Mary, our Blessed Mother. You may have noticed the flowers on your tables. Those were provided by a lot of the people on the team, as well as our children. And some of the members have also brought in their statues of Mary. This evening, our witness talk is Flooded by Grace, My Summer of 2008, presented by Dr. Mary Ducey. As we pre prepare for this main presentation, let us say the prayer to Mary, which will be followed by the Ave Maria, sung by Sune and her group. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death.
that was so beautiful. I don't think we knew whether we should applaud or not, but because uh, <laughs> it was so careful. Thank you. Um, you know, when, when uh, Pete uh, Madsen emailed me and, and asked if I was willing to give one of these talks, um, and, and he said he wanted me to tell my story, uh, I emailed back and said I didn't have a story. <laughs> And, uh, and I still think that's probably true. Uh, I, I, uh, my story is that I spent a lot of years in school and had read a lot of books. And, and I asked it, couldn't I please like make a book report or something <laughs> instead? And um, he emailed back right away. He said, everybody's got a story. And uh, everybody I talked to that week said, everybody's got a story. So I was like, well, maybe I have a story. Uh, and, uh, and I think I do. So, uh, it's a, it's a, not a big one, but for me it's an important one. Um, I'd, I'd like to tell you today about um, some recent events in, in my life that have really strengthened my heart and my faith in Jesus and my understanding of life um, and my bond with this local community. Um, Father Dave's gone now, I think, and so I can say this without embarrassing him. I'm always a little embarrassed about talking at All Saints because I think we've got, like, you know, the best preacher here in the country. Um, and so don't compare me with him because, uh, I think, aren't we lucky to be here? Um, yeah. Don't tell him I said that. Um, some, just some background about me. I, w I was born and raised in St. Louis, and um, and uh, while you know, like all of us, I wouldn't say I had a perfect life. Um, I I really look back on most of my life with a lot of gratitude. And uh, anytime we're tempted to feel sorry for ourselves, you know, I think we can say that 99% of the world would be very glad to trade places with any of us, right? Um, and so um, I'm very grateful for all the, the gifts that I've been given. Um, and, and most notably, you know, for me, it's a, a really first-class Catholic education, you know, from first grade through a PhD, uh, Catholic schools. And um, as I get older, I'm, I'm more and more grateful for um, the understanding uh, that that has given me. And I've also had uh, wonderful mentors and, um, in, in uh, life and in the faith. Uh, most notably, I, I just want to mentioned for a minute my mother. Um, and, you know, it's, here we are a couple days after Mother's Day and we all have statues of Mary, our mother, on the table. And, um, it's, it's a good time to think of our mother. Um, my mom really picked herself up by her bootstraps from some difficult uh, circumstances and she not only supported uh, my sisters and me well, but um, gave us a great example. Uh, my mom was one of the founding members of Birthright in St. Louis. And, um, it, yeah, <laughs> uh, she, she and, and some of her friends founded it before Roe v. Wade happened, and uh, my mom spent 33 years, the magic number, right, uh, being the director of services at Birthright, and they grew and grew. They have a million-dollar budget and six branch offices and a big paid staff, and my mom has saved thousands of lives, and who can you know, who can say that about their mom? You know, this is, this is just wonderful. Um, she retired at the age of, of 75, and, uh, and she's still a volunteer. Um, but uh, she, she lives, lives her life with the great satisfaction of knowing that she has served God to the best of her ability. And uh, uh, that's wonderful to, to be able to say. Uh, my mom prays the rosary twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Uh, depending on what's going on. One time is always to end abortion uh, in the United States. And then uh, the second time is always for somebody who has enlisted her, uh, her uh, sponsorship, I guess, or uh, to, to, to her, her, their attention. Um, and people like line up, she's got lists, so like weeks ahead of time, uh, she knows who she's going to be praying the rosary for because they're so efficacious. Um, so, uh, yeah, my mom's kind of a prayer warrior now, and, and we're very proud of her. Um, so, from the time I was in high school, you know, I could always sort of access, you know, the place inside of us where God dwells? 
always. Um, and I could always um, go to time of high school, anytime, anytime at all, I could, I could access that place and um, where God makes a home. And I could, all, I could check in there. Sometimes it was only maybe once a day. Sometimes it was more often. Um, I've been really, really blessed. Um, over the years, this has expanded into um, more and more, you know, lots of retreats and great spiritual directors and great faith communities. Um, I moved to Cedar Rapids in 94 to teach philosophy at Mount Mercy. Um, I always think this is kind of a funny joke. My, when I told my father I wanted to, to change my major to philosophy, he was horrified. And um, as you, you can imagine. And uh, he said, God, I had been a pre-med major. And, uh, he said, well, what are you going to do with philosophy? He said, you're going to rent them out and be a guru? <laughs> like, well, no, Dad, I thought I might teach. And, uh, oh, well, okay. Oh, that was all right. Um, so I think it's funny that I ended up at Mount Mercy.
I felt like I belonged since. Um, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk a whole lot. You remember what happened in 2008 here. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't need to tell many of you, I bet, about the kind of panic that arose in everybody as the water came up. I, it, I, for two years after that, I had the National Hydrological Society's website on my favorite you know, list and checked the water level just in case. It was a kind of sign of recovery when I deleted that from my favorite. Um, 28 feet above the level, um, and then all the mud and all the mold. And, um, so I, uh, we had to evacuate. I had to evacuate on Monday. Um, so people had come over and helped me take out at least some of the more precious things, you know, my books and, and so on. But um, and it, I got out a lot, but. Um, so by Friday, let's see, it rained all day Tuesday. Wednesday the river crested, Thursday it started to go down. Friday I stood at the top of the, up the hill, uh, Stewart, and, and saw the water, you know, over, over, uh, it's a glide two feet in my living room. Um, and I was alone then, and I probably shouldn't have gone down alone, but I was alone and, and I didn't know what to do, so I came up here and went into church and sat in the silence um, and in the dark and tried to kind of access that place that I had always been able to access, you know, that place inside where God lives. Um, and, uh, and there was nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. No, no sense that God was in, the, in this with me at all. And uh, that, was, that was probably the worst part uh, of, of going through the flood. All that summer, nothing. Um, I, I want to say that, um, that I know that a lot of people have had to go through much worse than having their house flooded. Um, and, uh, and I know that a lot of people had a much worse time in the flood than I did. Uh, you know, higher than two feet, and, and people who lost both their houses and their jobs. Um, you know, and, and so I, I offer this not in, in the spirit of, gee, what a tragedy I went through, um, but more, um, I want to talk about what I learned through it. So I'm not going to focus on it too much. Um, in a lot of ways, I was one of the lucky ones. I had flood insurance, and you know, only about 10% of people in Cedar Rapids who were flooded had flood insurance. Um, however, when uh, that Friday, when I called my flood insurance company, company to report the claim, uh, they said that they didn't know me, that I was not on file, uh, that they had no record of any checks from me uh, for five years. And, and um, I understand that that was a common tactic used uh, by some insurance companies uh, during that time. And, um, so I was just devastated, and that's when um, the insomnia started. Uh, I, I was just so worried. Um, and, and insomnia is a very common uh, symptom for flood survivors or disaster survivors. Um, the, the, it, it seems kind of weird because I was never really in any danger. Um, and I always had a roof over my head. In fact, that summer I had four different roofs over my head. And, uh, I see Patty here who was uh, my uh, neighbor at Mount Mercy in the dorm for a while. Uh, and, uh, but the kind of anxiety that was caused by uh, this kind of financial really screwing over that, that I took um, was really debilitating for me. Um, you know, one, one uh, group I want to mention um, who was sort of in some ways just exactly opposite of my flood insurance company was the Windsor on the River Apartments. You know, over at Edgewood and... Ellis. Yes, Ellis, right by the river, uh, strangely. Um, they were the only people in town that I found and that I ever heard of who uh, did not make flood victims sign year leases. Because, of course, we're paying our mortgage and <laughs> rent, too. And, um, and who uh, didn't raise their rates for flood people. Uh, and so uh, there were a lot of flood people living there at that time, and they were really lifesavers. So I wanted to do a commercial for them, you know, well done. Um, 
I ended up staying there for six months and um, and uh, trying to sort of get better. Um, for the most part, though, I thought at that time anyway that I was looking at financial ruin. Um, Oh, it seemed like all I was doing was crying and writing checks. You know how you those times in your life when it just feels like money is just, you know, blowing away. Um, it, it, was, it was a bad summer. Um, I, one of the things that I really ached for was a feeling of home. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't have that. So, and I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping for about an hour a night for about four or five weeks there. Um, and, and working in the house, and you know. So finally, my my doctor prescribed some sleeping pills, <laughs> uh, and uh, about two weeks worth, and with all the warnings and all that. And, and actually, just two weeks was just what I needed to get me back in my cycle again. And um, and Father Dave prescribed some counseling, and uh, which I got from a lovely uh, man at uh, Catholic Charity. Catholic Charities was offering free counseling to flood victims, and I was really grateful for that. And he taught me that I had to learn how to sleep. Again, it doesn't just happen, you've got to learn. Some of you, I think, are nodding that have been through this, I know. Um, I was kind of a mess, and, and some of you were there, <laughs> and uh, helping me, and, and uh, I don't know how obvious that was, but I really felt like I was a mess. Um, I, I can see now, though, that, that there was a kind of miracle really happening at that time, um, and a miracle of generosity um, in those weeks. Um, our, our Linda Stavropoulos, who's our social service coordinator here, um, had organized a kind of volunteer database, and uh, people would call in and offer the kind of help that they could offer to flood victims, whether that was a place to stay or anything, or, or work skills, things like that. And then flood victims could call in and, and ask for a specific kind of help, and they matched that up. And, um, and that was wonderful. Um, again, I, I didn't, you know, as far as I knew, I didn't have flood insurance, and I was on my own. And, uh, and the city was telling us, right, we were on our own. So I, I knew I had to get work done in the house. Um, I had extremely mixed feelings about people coming to work in my house because the Red Cross had told us that everyone who was going to work in our house will get sick. Um, and they called it the flood crud. There's a name for it. And, um, and so they said, don't feel guilty about it. Just get used to it. Everybody who comes to your house is going to get sick. Well, how can you accept that? You know? Um, and so I had very mixed feelings about the people who came to my house. Um, uh, people started calling though. Somebody uh, from All Saints called, and I, I don't even remember who it was, and offered me a camper to live in. People came, called, and offered spare bedrooms. Um, the youth group and their leaders came over when my, my carpet started to sprout really interesting psychedelic mold. <laughs> LSD trip mold, you know. Not that I know anything about that. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it was, it, it, have some of you seen the, the flood mold in, in your, I mean, that was crazy. And so these kids came over and they had their own kind of little homemade hazmat suits and, and they pulled up my carpet and, uh, um, and people came and started tearing down drywall and doing, you know, ripping out the cabinets, all the stuff that has to be done. Um, flood victims always talk about what was in their refrigerator <laughs> when they had to leave. And because opening the refrigerator door is probably the worst uh, part of the process. And um, you're about to eat dinner, so I won't say <laughs> anything about that. But I suffice it to say that friends and strangers did incredibly gross and generous work for me. And, um, and sometimes all I could do was go in the backyard and just cry. Because uh, I just didn't, had never. You know, how, how do you accept that kind of generosity? Um, it was very hard. Um, so, friends, you know, mattresses, and I mean, we, uh, you know, piled it all out on the curb and waited for the, the um, garbage people to come. And very strangers were going through all my stuff, including, by the way, my underwear drawer. Um, <laughs> which for us old maid Catholic women is, 
I don't, I don't know who went through my underwear drawer, but if the person is here, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
doing what water does. And, um, and you know, the thought of me down there making peace with it just made me laugh. So I'm standing down there laughing, and at that point, I heard Jesus say my name.
Um, it's, much, it's part of a much longer prayer. And St. Patrick, I don't think he engraved it in his breastplate, his armor or anything, but he thought of the prayer as his armor. And, um, and so I wonder if you would pray it with me now. How about it? Okay? Christ be with me. Christ in me. Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ within me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth, a friend and stranger. And that was my life during that summer. Uh, Christ was everywhere and I couldn't see. So, I think maybe the most important thing I learned that even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it, Christ is always with us and everywhere. Nobody said life would be easy. Things will go wrong and that's not a sign that everything you ever believed was wrong or that God doesn't exist or God doesn't love you or whatever. Um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I thought, well, Christians have to tolerate the cross, I guess. And now that I'm older, I think we have to embrace the cross. Right? Just because you don't feel that Christ is there doesn't mean he's not there. So, this is our faith. This is the faith of our church. We're proud to profess it. Amen.
with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. To do the evangelizing that your Father has asked of us. And let us go with the Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 